My name is Sean Rapier, and I love Disneyland. I love the attractions, the food, the parades. Really, I love it all. And when I can't actually be at the parks, I love talking to other Disneyland superfans. That's why I created this podcast. In each episode, a rotating group of co-hosts and I will break down what really makes Disneyland the happiest place on earth. So let's leave today and enter the world of yesterday, tomorrow, and fantasy. This is the Castle Collective. And welcome back to another episode of the Castle Collective. And we are thrilled to have, as a guest... The guy who started it all with me, the very first <laughs> episode where we talked yeah. all about Jungle Cruise, uh, Rob Foray, Skipper Rob, welcome back to the show. Yes, I'm excited to be back and I'm very passionate about what we're about to talk about. Yes, in fact, we've only had a couple members of the collective kind of call their shots Yes. say, hey, I really want this ride. And Rob wanted this ride, and there's no one I'd rather talk about it with because we're going on Space Mountain this week. Yeah. So let's I'm talk so about let's let's start off talking about why you love Space Mountain so much. Okay. So to give context again, I used to work at the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. I lived in Orlando for three years. And I'll tell you, Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom is terrible <laughs> every time i go on disneyland's space mountain i'm like this is what a ride should be i get giddy every time i go on that ride like as a as a kid i like that ride but after riding space mountain and magic kingdom for years and then going back across the coast and having experienced it for years and then i go on it and i'm like it's a whole new world i mean you know the cliche of aladdin but it is so much better. And I will go over all the reasons why I love it better, but it's just, and it's my, it's my must do. If there's any ride, I, if I could only like go on one ride, that would be it. That wow, would be it's that awesome. That is great. So right. just a little bit of a, a thing for our audience. We did a, an episode, me and Bryce Randall just last week talking about Disneyland versus Disney World. And I did share there that there, I actually kind of prefer Disney World slightly. I know you do. We'll get, in, we'll get into the reason why yes. when we get to the ride itself. But as a ride, as a total attraction, it's definitely better. I have a great passion for Space Mountain also. When, you know, I'm, I uh, was born in 1972. This opened when I was five years old. So I never remember not having this. And I do yeah. remember waiting for three hours when I was a teenager to ride it, you know, <laughs> standing outside in the hot Anaheim yeah. sun. So yeah. I absolutely love this attraction. I'm glad you're so passionate about it because I am as yes. well. It has All aged right. very well. What? It has aged well. That's something worth talking about because a lot of, especially a coaster like that, I've often said if, if it was sitting outside, no one would care. No one no, would care. Nobody cares. It, you know, as it's as, Jet Star Two at Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's basically just not, what it is. It's just not not amazing, and yet it's so amazing. So, uh, we've right. got some fast pass facts this week. We took them from uh, GetawayToday dot uh, com. Uh, we've got ten of them, and then we're going to get into some urban legends on this, which we've never done that. So I'm excited. Yes. So let's uh, let's get into our fast pass facts. You want to kick us off? Yeah, so Space Mountain was opened in May 27th, 1977. 
Now, here's the thing is I thought Disneyland was always the OG. Not true. Mm, not OG true. No. Is Magic Kingdom 1975. Yes. Now, I did a little bit more research beyond this, and I didn't realize that Disneyland is a space station, Magic Kingdom's a star port. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> we're all yeah. we're all learning something new this week, <laughs> right? It's Starport, and then uh, Disneyland is called Space St- Station seventy seven after the year. Yeah, but Starport is more for tourists. It's a tourist Ooh. attraction. So if you follow that narrative when you go on at Magic Kingdom, you're going to a Starport to go on a tourist ride through the galaxy, whereas this is a space station built more for astronauts explore. Yeah, you feel like you're an astronaut for sure. Exactly. That's great, Rob. I didn't know this. See, I'm learning stuff all the time. That's Isn't that awesome. interesting? So yeah. I, when I found that out, I was like, wow, okay, that's great. That's cool. Well, that's huge, huge knowledge. All right. Our number nine uh, Space Mountain was designed by John Hench, an employee of the Walt Disney Company for more than 60 years. He was also the official artist of Mickey Mouse. He painted versions for Mickey's 25th, 50th, and 75th birthdays. Now, can you imagine being that talented that you're the official artist of Mickey Mouse and you designed Space Mountain? That's unbelievable. That's a lot of talent. And so uh, number eight, because of its height, the attraction was built 15 feet underground to ensure that it did not overpower the rest of the park's attractions and to comply with Anaheim's building codes. Yeah, I love it because it's such a big ride, but at the same time, it's got that slope to the the roof of it. I just think it's part of the skyline that makes it so amazing. Yeah. Uh, num- number sure. seven, the steel tubes that make up the track system are pressurized with air. This was a new one to me. I didn't know this. Uh, it's a high-tech safety feature that tells Imagineers if there might be any cracks or irregularities in the track. So I guess it holds air pressure inside the tubes, and then it uh, it tells them in, in case there's a problem. So awesome. Wow. Science. Science. Uh, number six. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. I'm like, That's neat. Number yeah. six, similar to the Matterhorn, Space Mountain ironically uses gravity to function and has a basketball hoop. I'm kidding about that last part. <laughs> but the space rockets are taken to the top of the attraction, similar to a classic roller coaster, then gravity takes it from there. After loading and takeoff, there's a cast member, which is interesting to me, that is running the attraction. Part of the job is to weigh the rocket to ensure that a heavier car does not catch up with a lighter one. So, Sean, would I be safe to assume you would be a heavier car? I would be a heavier car. I being a large, (laughs) heavy man, you want to go on this ride with me. You want to go with me. I I always talk about how fast this attraction is, and I have friends who go, it's not that fast. Now I know why. They're skinny right. friends, right? The heavier right. you are. But I think that's also why when my car gets up to the front, we have to wait a minute. <laughs> We're stuck so, waiting because right. your car is up ahead of mine, Rob. You being a, right. a skinny guy, right. your car has already gone. I have to wait 10 minutes before I can go so I don't catch up to you. That's what's happening. Right. I want to be in your car one day. Yeah, you need to be in the car with me, especially at the front, because then I just pull the whole thing along with me. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, number five. In 1996, the onboard music track was added, adding a fun dimension that that led the way to other music-enriched attractions. According to a Space Mountain cast member, the music brought two completely different musical genres together, sci-fi, horror music, and surf music. Now, did this one shock you that it was only 1996? Like, Uh, I barely remember not having that music. It's so iconic now. 
No, it doesn't shock me because I didn't. Once again, I'm more of a Walt Disney World guy. Yeah. Disneyland was not a place I went to often as a child. And that was one of the main reasons I love this ride so much. When I went on it for the first time in like my my adult life, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's music in my ears, which enhances yes. everything. And, and Disney and World has no music. Stable. They just have sound effects. Right, right. Yeah. You can hear totally different. kind of music in some of the a- ambient music, but that's it. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the soundtrack and I love that it's right by your head. Super, super cool. Okay. Space Mountain number four. Space Mountain's building is 200 feet in diameter, 118 feet high, and has a capacity to put nearly 2,000 people an hour on its adventure through space. That doesn't seem like a lot. I thought it would be more, but maybe I'm just overestimating. It's amazing if you think about 2,000 people an hour and then the fact that it'll have a 90-minute line. That means you've got like 3,000 people in line. That's unbelievable. Wow. All right. Number three, your senses tell you you're going really fast. Fans blow air on your spaceship as you speed by to make guests think they're going much faster. This one, womp womp, kind of disappointed me. I'm like, you've tricked me. You are tricking me into thinking I'm going faster. I don't know how I feel about that one. But to their credit, they did it. They, they turn off it. the lights. They put on some fans. They create this amazing experience. And I imagine the fans, they don't have a fact here. I bet those were put in later. Yeah, I would think opinion. so. Pretty right? cool, though. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Okay, number two. Seasonal overlays bring diversity and exciting change to Space Mountain, which continues to add to its popularity. During Halloween time, Space Mountain is often transformed into a ghost galaxy. The attraction uses projections of a large, foreboding space ghost that chases through the ride. And during Christmas time, you have Santa Claus's famous ride through space. That last part I made up. Wouldn't that be I was awesome? about to say, yeah, it would be amazing. <laughs> if Santa was at the front, you, had to, you could have Rudolph at the front taking right? you through space. Wouldn't that right. be incredible? <laughs> we and got to one. deliver these presents to the, the galaxy. <laughs> and then the and then for some reason the ghost comes out. That would be right. that would be the ultimate mashup. Um since the introduction of seasons of the force, Space Mountain has changed to hyperspace mountain. Uh, complete with a Star Wars theme, a John Williams soundtrack, TIE Fighters, X-Wing Fighters. Guests feel like they're fighting against the Empire or the First Order. Now, they kind of go back and forth on this one. They Sometimes yeah. when I show up, they've got uh, Hyperspace Mountain, other times it's Space Mountain. I know some of the other parks around the world are full-time now, Hyperspace Mountain. But wow. those parks also don't have Galaxy's Edge. So, you know. There you go. A little, a little bit different. So, uh, those are our fast pass facts. We want to thank. Uh, it's funny. Getaway today is a local uh, travel agency, and yet when I searched for fast fast facts on this, that's who came up. So I thought that was awesome. But you you have looked up a couple of urban legends for us, which I'm excited yes. about. Let's talk urban legends. Now I'm going to tell you an urban legend that I heard as a child growing up. Mm-hmm. That uh, that. The tracks are so low, don't put up your hands. Because yes. there was this time, there was a man who put up his hands and it took off his ring finger because his wedding ring got stuck and it tore his finger off. And so whoever told me that urban legend, I've always 
been hesitant to put up my hands, but I'm not tall enough. I won't even reach it. But that's the first urban legend legend I've ever heard. And that was like so from a friend. I've heard, I've heard, I never heard about the ring finger coming off. I have right. heard that if you put your hands all the way up, you will hit something. Now I am six foot three and have very long yes. arms. I will just say at six, three with arms all the way up. I know for sure now that you don't touch anything. I have put my okay. hands all the way up in the air and waved them like I just didn't care. <laughs> and uh, nothing happened to me. So I, I've got to debunk that one. Now, maybe if, you know, Shaquille O'Neal or somebody is riding it. Mark Eaton, seven foot four. Mark Eaton. Yeah. Mark Eaton could, uh, I don't know, but I know as a six foot three guy, it's, it's not there. So. So the other urban legend is decapitation. Okay. So one of them is that there was an Imagineer who was testing out the ride and stood up and it decapitated him. And his ghost still haunts the the Space Mountain till this day. And his name is, have you heard of this? His name is, uh, what is it? Mr. One Way. And he has a red face. Mr. One Way. One way. He only goes one way all the way around. I have not heard that. I have definitely heard, uh, definitely heard about the decapitation, that there was a guy who stood up right. and he got decapitated. All right. Here's why I've got to question this. First of all, uh, how are you standing up? How are you standing up right. on Space Mountain? Come on. You're not standing right. up on Space Mountain. Secondly, right. if I can reach my hands all the way up, I'm getting to from sitting. I'm getting to about where that guy's head would be. Exactly. So I'm, I got to call it out on this one, but I love it. Oh yeah. I, I'm going to start looking for him when I go. Yes, Mister One Way, and apparently he has a red face. So, Mister Mister One Way, he has a red face. Well, of course, because it got you and, know decapitated, got smashed. And, so, of course, he's got and, a red face. Also, according to legend, there have been people who've encountered him on the queue line. And they asked him questions. So are you excited to go on Hyperspace Mountain? He's like, what's Hyperspace Mountain? What's after Star Wars? What's a Star Wars? Oh. And he's forever stuck in a time loop in the 70s. Yeah, and he's, wearing, where he is. he's wearing bell bottoms and he starts doing the staying alive dance. And right. <laughs> you got to be careful for Mr. One Way. Well, right. of course, he only knows one way to be. So exactly. that's why he does it. Yes. So those are our urban legends. I love it. Hey, to our listeners, if you know an urban legend about one of the attractions, we'd love to hear it. And uh, definitely as we go through, we're going to talk about things we love and things we wish were different or whatever about the the attraction. If you disagree with us, let us know. Get on our social media or if you agree and we'd love to hear your thoughts on Space Mountain. But we're going to jump into the attraction. And the first thing we're going to talk about is if you have the opportunity to get a fast pass, I put this as the number two attraction to get a fast yes. pass for. Number yeah. one being Peter Pan. Oh, you can't get an, a fast pass for Peter Pan. No. You can at Disney World. You can't at yes, Disneyland. Can. No. So maybe it's number one. It's right up there with at least with uh, with Indiana Jones. Parks. Well, if you're doing both parks, you get one for... Uh, yeah, for our guardians, yeah, guardians uh, I would say you are also very smart to get one for uh, radiator racers uh, yes. because that line can get quite long. But Space Mountain, amazing for a ride that was built in 1977, the length of 
the line. It's just a perennial favorite. Everybody loves it. So definitely one worth getting a fast pass or it's also a pretty good, good ride. Really, if you're going to go on Peter Pan, run to Peter Pan first thing, but then go to Space Mountain second and you're not going to wait in too long of a line. If you don't care about Peter Pan, run straight to Space Mountain. The nice thing is if you do that first thing in the morning, you can ride it three or four times. Yeah, it arose. I need to do just, just enjoy it. So, uh, so let's talk about the line. You you kind of walk up, and uh, me in my old man memory. I'm 48 years old. I yeah. still can see the Starcade off to the side, the Captain yep. EO Magic Eye Theater. Yes. yes, you know, and and that was all. That's why I loved Tomorrowland, and why I'm so sad about what Tomorrowland has become. But this, we're not going to talk about the sadness of Tomorrowland. We're going to talk just about how great this attraction is. Um, I love as you're walking up to the line, you get to the split where you're either going to go into the fast pass side or the regular side. But right away, you start hearing some of those voices, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. space control. And what I love is they do very 19. It's very retro, right? Like the voices that go on it. I just love it. Uh, you don't want to get in line when the line is 90 minutes and it's 95 no. degrees outside. Never. Is it, is it just me or is the Space Mountain outside line the hottest place on the planet? Well, I remember you guys talked about how Big Thunder Mountain was hot. So yes. does it beat Big Thunder Mountain? I think it's hotter because you're out in the, you're just totally out in the middle exposed. of nothing. Totally exposed. Yeah. And at least in Big Thunder, where it does get really hot and claustrophobic because of the way you're winding, at least there's some shade along the way. If you are truly outside, and it doesn't happen as much anymore, but when I remember when I was a kid, we'd literally wait three hours for this ride. Oh my and gosh. so, I mean, you were weaved all the way back, weaved, woven, whatever it is. I, were, I've never waited that long. I have yeah, never. it was, I mean, that was it. And there was no fast pass when I was a kid. And so, but it was worth it. It was so exciting. Uh, you, yeah. you kind of weave through. And then the, the one thing about a fast pass that's a little bit frustrating on this ride, the fast pass line and the regular line connect earlier than any other ride. As cast members, we call that the merge. So you call it fast pass yeah. merge. It's called the merge point. But back to your earlier point, I love that alleyway leading up to it. It's just such a magical alleyway. As you said, you got the arcade, you got Captain EO, you got the gift shop, and you got the sounds all around you, and you're going to the most epic ride ever. But yes, the merge is way too early, way too early. And so if you pass like 10 people, you feel so gypped. (laughs) Like, what's the point? (laughs) It could be a half hour line, and Mm -hmm. you literally get up to the merge at the same time as people in the regular line like you're like yeah. well, what was that but if it's more than about 20 minutes you you still get a big advantage so um once you get inside you know to me it's boring and exciting at the same time uh it's definitely to me the inside hallway is very 70s like you can see yeah. the influence of star wars of logan's run the black mm-hmm. hole. It's that very, yeah. uh, <laughs> what's the best way to describe it? It's a very, um, sort of blank, you know, very clean, very, uh, you know, futuristic, but not, you know what I mean? Like right. definitely very clean lines and, and, uh, that's what it is, but there's, 
Now they've put in some video screens and stuff to try to entertain you a bit, but this was built way before entertainment was part of a line. Right. And the queue line at Walt Disney World is just, the majority of it is inside the building, which is this huge long line. And the cool thing about that, back to the spaceport, you get to see the views of outer space, mm-hmm. different yeah. portions of it. And so it's a little bit more entertaining. And so it's it's too bad. But uh, once you get inside, though, you still feel really good because you're in the cool air and the anticipation grows. And so I don't worry too much about it. It is very lackluster. But uh, once you get beyond the yeah. hallway... Yes. And it opens up. Yeah. That's, that's the reveal. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, so sterile okay. was the word I was looking for. Sterile was sterile. the word I was looking for. It's a very a sterile hospital. environment, you know, like a hospital. <laughs> yeah. The walls are very clean and very white. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. But yeah, you get out to that main room. And that's one thing that we talked about. Disney World has nothing on this. When you no. get out to that major room, and there are the thrusters and there's the ship hanging upside yeah. down. And yeah. you're just... Oh, that is as cool as it gets. And then every time you move forward, every time you move forward, you just feel awesome. Like, oh my gosh, we're actually doing this. We're moving forward. It's fantastic. And you get that bird's eye view of what's going on. You get to see the Mm -hmm. functioning spaceport. Sorry, space station. Space station, yes. (laughs) Yes, uh, Starport is sorry. It was Starport is Magic Kingdom Space Station Disneyland. Space Station. So you get, you get to see all the functioning and the anticipation, the people celebrating as they come in. Yes, people getting ready to go out. Everybody's so, high fiving each other. Like, oh, that was awesome. I I love the sound effects. I love you get the little dings, the little bings, the little. You know, and then you get the voices. And like I said, they're very 1960s space. It's uh, everything is we have clear for takeoff for space launch. You know, it's very old fashioned and it gets me so excited. I love it. Yes. There's a lot of nostalgia built into that. And I have a lot of nostalgia for Epcot. Every time I go into Future World or I hear future music, I think of Epcot. Mm -hmm. The same kind of music just kind of that. I, I don't know how to describe yeah. it. I no, love. I know it. what you mean. It's like it's retro future. It's like yes, it takes yes. you. It's it takes you back to what in the mid nineteen seventies they thought that a space station was going to be like. You know, which yeah. we didn't have. Yeah. So it's it's just awesome. Uh, you walk your way down. One thing that I always think about is don't grab the handrails, and especially now that we're in the COVID era. <laughs> and that's one thing. You always see people dragging their hands along the handrails and little kids. And I'll tell you why. I know, but they're so cool. When I say cool, cool as in temperature. Cool to the touch. Yes, they're metal. Cool to the touch. Yes. That's <laughs> like as a kid, I'm like, ooh, this is smooth. This is cool. So I'm, I was probably one of those kids who put yeah, their hands no. and face all over it. I, yeah. I'm sure that I was. Yeah, I'm sure I put my mouth right on it as I dragged along. But now thinking back to that is, yeah, that's really something. Um, you get down to the bottom. One thing I want to mention, they yeah. have the most unique boarding for people with disabilities. I think it's so cool. Yeah. They have an entire section of cars that basically slides off to the side in a yep. separate boarding yep. area. Yep. It's one thing that we all kind of wish the Haunted Mansion had. You know, yes. every time it they need to disrupt. board, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time they need to board, you know, a wheelchair or whatever, and I'm not saying they shouldn't because they obviously should and it's wonderful, but they have to say, you know, that to stay in your doom buggies and an unexpected ghost and whatever. Whereas with Space Mountain, it slides out of the way, they board it, it slides back onto the track and it goes. And I think that's so cool. And I got to think that for people with disabilities, that's got to be cool too, to know that you're not, you know, in a rush, you're not hurried to do it. You can take your time. And I've, I, I really admire that about Disney, that they try to be so accommodating. I think it's cool. Yeah. You know, Jungle Cruise has the same problem, is you have a backup of boats when you have to raise the wheelchair and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so just being able to insert it, that would be great. But yeah, it wasn't yeah. built for that. But I imagine that was put in in the refurbishment. Uh, I don't know when that refurbishment happened, but yeah. uh, all the improvements they've made in the last 20, 30 years are great. Yeah. It's 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 really cool to watch. It's very cool. So you get down to the bottom. You tell them, uh, you know, that how many people you have. Do you have a Do you have a favorite place to sit? Front row all the time. And I'm going to give you guys a key phrase for people who are looking for a tip. And I got this from another friend. And he, what you say is, "I'd like to sit on the front row. I'm happy to wait." Yes. Right. That is the right. right way. You have to tell them, I'm happy to wait. I don't mind waiting because they don't want to break your heart and have angry, right. angry guests. Because a lot of times there'll be eight or 10 people waiting to go on the front. Yeah. There are other people who really like the very back thinking it kind of whips around the most, but I like the front, especially on this attraction, because you can't see what's coming next. Whereas if people are in front of you, you see them take the turn first and you can kind of prep. If you're sitting right up front, this, this, this attraction and the Matterhorn are the two that I love being right up front. Uh, Some of the other attractions, I just don't care as much. Splash Mountain even doesn't matter to me. Definitely Big Thunder because you got a train in front of you no matter what. No, yeah. Indiana uh, Jones maybe, but yeah. Yeah. This attraction is just probably the best of all to to be right up front. Uh, so you get into your car. Now, one of the big differences, these are side by side. And for me, I have already said, A, large man, B, tall man. I don't know how anybody over six foot three gets into these cars. Yeah. Because my knees are so crammed into this. Uh, I then, you know, it's got the safety bar. I lower that safety bar about an inch and a half and it's right on top of me. It actually, it's my legs though, that are so cramped. So the cars are different sizes. They're different lengths. So if you ask up front, if you are a taller or larger person, ask up front, Hey, is there any that has a little more leg room? They will put you in one. What's surprising is it's not the ones you think it's going to be. Yeah. See, Rob, you wouldn't have to ask about this. I know this from experience. (laughs) Right. Uh, right. But it's not, you'd think it would be the cars with the carved out space in the front, but it's actually not. It's actually the the ones one back. So yeah, take take it from a tall, large man that, uh, but it is a tight squeeze. I'm not going to ever get decapitated because I can't stand up if I wanted to on this attraction. But right. you'll you'll see and don't stare, but you'll see larger or taller people struggling to get in and out of these. And that is about the only reason I like Disney World better. You have the single mm-hmm. file cars and tons yep. more leg room. I am so much more comfortable in a Disney World 
uh, Space Mountain than I am. But the rest of the ride, this is way better. Yeah, I just don't like those sleds. They're just so old school and like the padding is all just like old. And it just, it's <laughs> like, it just seems like something, once again, out of the 70s. And when you're yeah. side by side with this person that you like, I usually like to go with my wife. You can be right next to that person, and it's so much more fun to be able to share that with them. And then, you know, for all our teenage boys who like to sit next to the girl they like, I mean, this is perfect. And so I prefer side by side. And those cars actually look like spaceships, whereas at Disney World, they look like (laughs) crappy sleds from the 70s. They look like Matterhorn sleds. They do. Yeah, exactly. They do. Fair enough. Fair point. Yeah, if I'm just more comfortable at Disney World, but I'll take I'll take that everything else at Disneyland, this is a way better attraction. So you get okay. locked in, they come by and check and make sure that you're in and you're good, and then comes the takeoff. And I love the buildup. I mean, how great yes. is the buildup? Yes. You go slowly through the flashing lights, they have the noise that sounds like sirens. But don't forget, you go forward and you look at the control center. And you can see some of the cast members. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they wave goodbye, but you see the control center and then you take that hard right yep. and then you go into the tunnel. Absolutely and, right. Oh, but the music. Oh, oh, right at the very beginning. Like it starts like, like when I went on that ride after working at Walt Disney World for three years and I go on that ride and the music starts, I'm like, what is happening? I didn't realize the music, how impactful it was. That music starts and it creates all the anticipation with the lights in that, like now you're getting to the part where I'm so passionate about this ride. Yeah. Because I think they create one of the best anticipation out of any ride. Absolutely. Uh, they do a really good job on a credit coaster. Like that anticipation is a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. But for this, like... The, the ride's not that, like, thrilling or super, like, upside, up, down, super fast. Yeah. But that anticipation that they create. It's awesome. So riveted. And so, yeah, sorry. You were saying about the tunnel. No, you're absolutely right. It's sensory overload. And I think they do that on purpose because you, you've got so much going on around you. You've got that ha ha, that music that sounds yeah. like it's it's just something epic is about to happen. But then they also yeah. have the like the siren sound, like yeah. like as if you're backing whoop, away whoop, from whoop, Yeah. Whoop, 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 whoop. Oh my gosh, Rob, you nailed it. Uh yeah, but then yeah. you have again, I love the 1960s voices. All systems go ready for takeoff. You know, that right. and 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 then uh, the spinning lights are going on and I, the music. Now, if you listen to that part of the music, not the ride music, but that that earlier music. Yes. Listen to that and then listen to like Star Trek. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Like it's any of the early 70s, late 60s. 60s yeah. Late 60s, early 70s music. And I love that they haven't changed that. I love it. I love that they still do it. But you know that what they have on the ride right now is a reorchestration done by Michael Gianchino, who is the composer of Up and also one of my favorite TV shows, Lost. And he's also done- Oh, I didn't know he did Lost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Lost, one of my favorite shows of all time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So So, it's it's very cool music. And it's just it, it just puts you in that frame of mind that you're just ready. You are ready for this ride. Uh, yeah. Then you go around. Are are we going up the hill now? We're, we're about to go up the hill. Okay. Yeah. So we go around the corner through the tunnel up the mini hill. 
Yep. And then you go up the big hill. And the big hill is probably my favorite because you, on the one hand, you've got all the lights that make you feel like you're going into warp speed or getting ready for something major. You can see the asteroid and and the the stars up ahead of you. And it's really transformational. You feel like you're about to go on a space adventure, but at the same time, you can hear the classic click, 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 a roller coaster, you know, which I think is so fun. Yeah, that's that's so, probably my favorite time is going up because the anticipation it builds is amazing. And so, like, I'm going back to, like, when I went, every time I go on it, I just get so excited. But you go around that tower and you go around, you go up that little hump, and then all of a sudden you see that projection of the swirling galaxy. Right. And for some reason that just gets me so excited. Like that's my destination. <laughs> that's where we're going. And it and the music like swells with the galaxy. And it right? just, it's all part of it. And then the the tunnel starts to spin and it starts to do everything at the same as you said sensory overload i mean i don't know i'm just living it in my head right now just the whole galaxy (laughs) spinning going up and you're just like so excited you're yelling and screaming like yes we're about to do this we're going to space sorry oh i'm just i love it gosh i want to go now rob you're the right pitch guy for this man i'm super excited (laughs) about it because then you get to the top and you have that moment the classic moment you get at the top of any roller coaster where it's tick 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 and you start going and it's it gets fast right away and it's just so exciting and that's when the surf space music that's a great description of it but but the thing about it though, actually, once you get up to the top, you plateau for maybe a second or two because you're yep. just turning that corner and you plateau yep. and you're and it, everything kind of stops, and then you go and then the music starts into like the new surf music. Yeah, right. And so surf, that's when, I never I never would have thought to describe it as surf surf music meets space music, but it's so true. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, it, it sounds like Dick Dale performs it you know it sounds like uh, dick dale king of the surf guitar is playing it um and and back to disney world they have the sound effects and they have that way distant ambient music but they don't have this music why don't they i don't know because they don't have it built into the because they don't have the speakers yeah because your beloved sled you know, the don't, they don't have the speakers in it. So it. That's you're, trading, thing. you're trading off your leg room for no music. I'm going to tell you a fun fact though. Yes, please. So, so when they were building it, they had the projections, right? And they have, if you ever watch the projections, that's the one cool thing about Walt Disney World is you can look up and you can see. Yeah. Ahead yeah you can see the whole you. galaxy above you. Yeah. Right. You can see like the planets and then mm-hmm. you can see. You can see comets and asteroids. And sometimes you see three asteroids spin and they go, what? What by you? Well, when they when they were doing that, they took pictures of three cookies. <laughs> they said these look like asteroids. And that's what's no predicted on the ceiling. They're three cookies. I think it's three or two cookies. No way. They're cookies. Yes. Yes, they're chocolate chip cookies or something. So next time you go Walt Disney World, just watch the ceiling for like a good five minutes because you're going to be in that room for a while. And yeah. just watch as those asteroids go by. That they're cookies. So 
That is phenomenal. I love that. That's my favorite fact yet. That is awesome. So this, this all leads us to the ride itself and just the ups, the downs, the corners. And I love it. And really, again, take this roller coaster out of being inside and being dark. Yeah. And, you know, I made the mistake of watching a YouTube video once. I've never been inside when it's been light. I've never seen the ride in the light. I made the mistake of watching a, a YouTube video once of it running with, with the light on. And I turned it off about halfway through because I, mm. in my mind, it's the greatest, scariest, most awesome roller coaster ever. But right. when I see it with the lights on, it's just not. And again, it's that on the one hand, they heighten your senses with the music, the sound effects, everything else. And then right. on the other hand, it's the sensory deprivation of not being able to see the track creates this magical experience. I love how it throws you around. I love it. The suspension of disbelief as you go through. Now, when I go on the ride, I actually try and I look at the track sometimes because they have those star projections and you Mm -hmm. can see the track on the star projections. And so I always try and see that. Now, one thing that Walt Disney World also has that we don't, when I say we, Disneyland. Disneyland, sure. is when you go up that hill at Walt Disney World, you see the space station and you see the crew that are not moving at all. Yes. But there's this part where the people pass you. There's a part where you pass Mm, the other one because they come by. And so whenever we hit it, they shoot right past you, right, right next to you. And so whenever we knew that part was coming, we would always scream at the people going up the hill. What? Like the hardest scream we could do so we could startle them going up the hill. Oh, that's funny. I I think that this this ride is the perfect length as well because it's so intense. You know, even on, you know, you think about Big Thunder or, you know, this, I would say this and the Matterhorn because they're both gravity rides are the two that are the perfect length because by the end of it, I just can't take anymore. Like <laughs> by the end of it, whereas Big Thunder, which is, you know, pulled by a car, you can, it, it slows down, it speeds up, it slows down. There is no slowing down in Space Mountain. Yeah. It's go, go, go the whole time. It is just go. And I love the ups and downs. I love getting thrown around like a rag doll. It's definitely smoother yeah. than the Matterhorn though. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, much smoother. Oh, much smoother. Um, yeah. Now, is there a mid tunnel? I think that's at Walt Disney World because there's a part that's where Disney you Disney World. Through. Yeah, yeah, because they they have that mid tunnel, but you keep going for a minute, not for yeah. a minute, but like two twenty seconds. But there's a little mid tunnel where you kind of slow down. It goes all red, and then you go again. But Disneyland doesn't have that. Disneyland has that at the very end. Is, is right. the tunnel? Uh, but you know, really, there's not much to talk about the ride. The ride itself, you're in the dark, you're flying up and down, you're flying around corners. You have a couple of dips that are really fun because of the angles of the dips. Like it's unexpected. It kind of throws you up in your seat and it's super fun. And then you get around that final corner and then you have uh, what I'm calling the re-entry warp and you slow down really fast. You shoot through that tunnel that we were just talking about and it's all the red lights. And again, sensory deprivation and sensory overload at the same time. And you can barely look up and see or whatever. And uh, you get your photo taken. Great time because you're totally like out of it. 
I look worse in my Space Mountain photos than any other photo because it's like you're so disoriented. And uh, and then you pull back in and that's it. And you're catching your breath. and But you're applauding at the same time. You're screaming. You're going, yeah, high-fiving. Like that's one of those rides that you get excited. When it's over, everybody just applauds and screams. I would say nine times out of ten you hear people like coming out of that ride applauding. For sure. For sure. Are you? But are you so experienced as to know where that camera is? So I have probably ridden this attraction literally a hundred times or more. Okay. And I never know when it's coming. <laughs> I know on all the other rides, like Splash Mountain is an easy one. Sure it is. You yeah. know, there's so many where you know, but for whatever reason, it catches me and I go, crap, there it is again. Even <laughs> even in Credicoaster, like I know exactly where it is. But this attraction, yeah. it catches me, and that's why I always look like I'm on some kind of drugs or something. I just look terrible. <laughs> and that's the, so that's the only problem with this ride is when you're side by side and you put your hands up and you the person in front of you maybe puts their hands right in front of you. So if you're on the left side, your face will be seen. But if you're on the right side on the back, right, good chance right. you may not be seen. So Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. And uh, it's... It's one of those rides that you get off, you you know, you get out and you're unloading as someone else is loading. So you got the pressure right. of, hey, get out of here. We're done get out. with you. Uh, so you jump off. Net. Don't forget, take out of the little netting. The little, the little mesh net in the front. Yes. yes. Got to take and it so, out. But, but it's one of those rides where everybody gets off and everyone's more excited than when they got on. Could you believe that? That was so amazing. Yes. And again, the high fives and the let's do it again. You always hear one kid, let's go again. It doesn't matter if the line was an hour and a half. Let's go again. But it's one of those rare rides when you get out, you walk uphill, not downhill. Yes, you do go up. And this is where Disney World really has an advantage because the exit for Disney World is so entertaining. And you're on a moving sidewalk. Yeah. And it's there there are little skits kind of off to the side and animatronics and it's a lot more fun, but this is a great one. And normally, again, when I was a kid, this was get off of this, go to Captain EO, get out of Captain EO, yeah. go blow 50 bucks at the <laughs> the Starcade <laughs> for an hour and a half, you know, playing video games or whatever. So awesome. And it, it is the anchor of uh, Tomorrowland for sure. And it is, it is. I don't know. I don't know what's going to end up happening with Star Tours, uh, you know, I, I, there's just not as much in Tomorrowland as there used to be. I'm, I'm encouraged by the fact that at Disney World, they are building Tron. I'm hoping that they will just get rid of whatever it's called now. What was Innovations? What was America Sings? What was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Carousel of Progress? That whole massive show building and uh, that they would put in Tron. But who knows? We'll see. But it's a pretty darn good anchor as far as anchors go. Uh, before we get into the modification versions, any anything else on this before we jump into Ghost Galaxy and Hyperspace Mountain? We got to talk about the gift shop. There's always a gift shop. Got to talk about that gift shop. Tell us about the gift shop. <laughs> I don't know. I I have no memories of the gift shop. I'm just kidding. I don't really care about the gift shop. But I thought maybe you would. <laughs> you what, do walk out in. Your... No, you do walk out into a gift yeah. shop. Right. What was your favorite video game? What was your go-to game at the arcade? I got to know. So there's a game that nobody nobody will remember. It's called Sinistar. 
and Sinistar was my favorite. You can look it up. It was, I used to play hours and hours. I was also a big Tempest fan. Uh, <laughs> love Tempest, love Dig Dug was another one. And then Joust. Those were my games. How about you? Those are so old school. Uh, Tron. I'm old. Well, okay. Tron. So Tron goes without saying. I am. Right. And I recently played Tron for an hour and a half at an arcade up in Ogden. That is the truth. So great. And on one quarter or did multiple quarters? Oh gosh, multiple quarters. I'm so bad at it now. Okay. <laughs> My coordination shot. So I would say late eighties, mid nineties, there was the star Wars game that came out. It is yeah. amazing. And you, it was a sit down. You sat down in it. Yep. That was my favorite game to play. Yeah, that game was amazing. No, true story. And and we used to we would spend ten, fifteen, twenty dollars a quarter at a time in uh in the Starcade. So it was super cool. Uh let's jump over to Ghost Galaxy. So yes. during during Halloween, uh they do Ghost Galaxy. And it's we're not gonna go through the whole ride. It's exactly the same. They do change the the music in the line and stuff yep. to make it spookier they've got the spooky music i'm gonna do a spoiler alert right at the very beginning i hate ghost galaxy i hate it Uh, i hate it with a passion i wish they would never do it uh to me the theming doesn't make any sense there's this fireball weird comet ghost thing that chases you around and it just comes kind of out of nowhere are you a fan of ghost galaxy um i'm always I like variety and I think it's always fun. I don't think it's like a priority. I'd, I, I love the original, but I always like new experiences. And uh, I was looking in the lore of the ghost galaxy and it does still fit in within that universe that the ghost has this galaxy or this cloud has been taken over and it's chasing you. And I don't know. I think it's a lot of fun, but I don't detest it like you. I don't get super bummed out. I'm like, it's still Space Mountain. And I'm I'm there. Yeah. And then I think it's really cool when you start going up that hill, it starts growling at you and it starts looking at you. I think it's kind of cool. What you can do with projection is really cool. Yeah, it's uh, look, the projection part of it's great. I just feel like you're riding and enjoying it and all of a sudden, you know, where, where and I don't know why I hate it because one of my favorite things about Matterhorn is the Yeti. I love yeah. it. It's so good. Like, I love that. Why do I love that? And I hate Ghost Galaxy. I feel like Ghost Galaxy is cheap. I feel like the projection looks right. cheap. And it kind of just comes out of nowhere and screams at you. You never, f- whereas on on uh, Matterhorn, you come around a corner and you feel like the Yeti could grab you. Like, it's yeah. so there. Whereas with the projection and the screaming, and then there's just a hand that comes out at you. And then at the very end, there's this final ghost scream, like it's frustrated that it didn't get you. I am just not a fan. <laughs> That's exactly why he's very frustrated that you didn't enjoy the ride. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> How dare you not enjoy my ride? <laughs> but I totally get it because it's kind of like, why? Like you you modified two things or three things. I get it. But yeah, I do like variety. I do like the Halloween feel to it so but you're a big halloween guy i mean you love halloween it's my favorite holiday yeah more than christmas more than saint patrick's day no i (laughs) 
That's weird. I would have picked you as such a St. Patty's guy. No, I and see, I don't like Halloween. I don't like things that are scary. I enjoy the Halloween. I love Halloween in the parks, but I don't like things that are specifically scary. And this to me, just it just feels cheap. It feels like, oh, we can Halloween this thing up and it's stupid. Not a lot of thought was put into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you like it. I I know people who like go crazy over it. Like, oh, we got to go ride Ghost Galaxy. All right. Good for you. (laughs) Go enjoy it. I'll take the original. Uh, And then this brings us to the other overlay that is up from time to time. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of rhyme or reason anymore as to when it's up and when it's not, uh, which is Hyperspace Mountain. Yeah. May the 4th, they put it up. Um, They definitely... The the months leading up to Galaxy's Edge opening, they had Star Tours and they had Hyperspace Mountain, and then they also had the the meet and greet in the what, Launch Command or whatever it was, Launch Bay, Star Wars Launch Bay. Maybe they put so it. They up, had a lot of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, maybe they do it in anticipation of the movies when movie releases come yeah. out. Um, but I've never been on it, unfortunately. So you haven't been on this one all. Yeah, you watched the video. What'd you think of it? Just watching the video. Oh, it's super exciting. Uh, yeah. And what was cool, I saw some projections or some different things within the queue. They had, I would say, an ATAT, not an at at, but an ATAT rendering. They had some other things. But what was really cool is what I really like about it is you see spaceships and TIE fighters and X-wings all throughout the entire ride, yeah. and that gives it a much more bigger dynamic. So on a on a side note, one year I bought my son a Lego ATAT kit. Mm-hmm. I called it at at. All of my kids laughed at me and said, "No, Dad, it's ATAT." Mm-hmm. Then I looked it up. The guy who designed it refers to it as an at at. The guy who named it and designed it said, "I call it at at, but you can call it whatever you want." So technically, I'm going to go with at at, and I still call it an at at. But what are the smaller? The yeah. smaller ones in on Endor. What are those ones called? I don't know. The, okay. Somebody's yelling at their podcast right now. <laughs> Someone's screaming at us. Yeah. Star Wars fan. So, uh, but you know, chime in on our social media with your thoughts. Everyone I know calls it an ATAT. So I do now too. But, um, but Hyperspace Mountain has, there were two versions of Hyperspace Mountain. Originally, when I first wrote it several years ago, or maybe it was two years ago, whatever it was. It was it was lousy because it felt kind of almost like Ghost Galaxy, where they just had a couple of things in there, and it was a much very much an afterthought, and you just had a couple Star Wars things, and I was like, "Come on, guys, we can do better than this." Then they did a full on overhaul, and it blew my mind. And I would not mind if it was Hyperspace Mountain forever. And I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan. I like it. I enjoy Star Wars, but I'm more of a Tron guy. But uh, Still, you could not help but just when you start off, they play the Star Wars, the the, yeah. the, the music, and you hear blue leader standing by, red leader standing yeah. by. Yes. It's like you get all giddy because you're about to go on this adventure. Everything's timed to the music. Everything yes. is like the drops are timed to ship, like a ship is coming right at your head and you do a drop. It just feels like it was designed all the way through for this. It doesn't feel like it's an overlay. Yeah. And they actually, the great thing about Star Wars is they have so many songs and so many or- orchestrations that you can go through because they do go into the Imperial kind right. of march. 
once you start getting chased and you have that. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. It's ATST, which are the mm-hmm. smaller ones. And so Atsta. No, I'm kidding. But it could be an at at and an ATST. I think that's okay. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, watching the the ride through on YouTube makes me want to go on it so much more. So Yeah, and, and it ends with May the Force be with you. Always. <laughs> and it's so like, yes, like you feel like you just did a mission with Luke in a in a uh an X Wing. Yeah, yeah you were against the TIE fighters and I don't know. It's to me. And again, that's I'm of the age where I did grow up loving Star Wars, but I'm not like a Star Wars geek at all. And I freaking love hyperspace mountain. To me, the only reason to take it out, I, you know, last week, in fact, uh, Bryce and I disagree on this a little bit. He says he loves still having Star Wars in other parts of the park. I think it's weird having Star Tours or hyperspace mountain uh, or launch bay. Now that we have Galaxy's Edge, I'd just assume that Tomorrowland becomes about something else, you know, uh, more of a weird future something, but not Star Wars. But I I don't mind it with Hyperspace Mountain. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it it is kind of interesting because it fit when you had those two attractions there. Now that you got Galaxy's Edge, it doesn't quite make sense as much. Uh, We probably have to do a whole episode on Tomorrowland, like ranking Tomorrowland, but I know in Paris they have like that retro feel to it, which is more of a right. Jules Verne. Jules Verne, type. yeah. But what would be really cool, and I think I've told you this, Tomorrowland through the eyes of the Incredible Universe. Incredibles Universe is like the future in the sixties, which I yeah, love, like a so retro cool. future. It right? Is so Wouldn't that cool. be cool? Anyway. Yeah, I think that would be yeah. awesome. Well, we're going to have to do a whole episode about how to fix Tomorrowland. Right. In fact, next week's in in next week's episode, uh, we go through we rank all of the lands. And spoiler alert: Tomorrowland isn't going to fare too well. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, we love right, that right, land. Right. We just want it to be better. Uh, I think we've covered the ride. Anything else before we get into our single rider line? I think that's pretty much it. I'm I'm just telling you, I love that ride. It's Rob, you were better. so the right guy to have on this week's episode. This has been so much fun. But how? So this week, uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, uh, I was in Anaheim on business, and yeah. I was in. I was actually in Irvine. I was 20 minutes away from Disneyland, and I took the drive. I I had to drive back down to San Diego, but before I did, I drove over to Disneyland, and I drove around the parks a couple of times. Just glancing, it's amazing I didn't get into an accident because I kept looking over at the parks and just seeing, even though it was the back of them and even though it wasn't, you know, and I was tempted to go to downtown Disney, but it was 95 degrees and I was in business clothes and I would have had to sit in traffic on the way to San Diego. It was, I drove by it at about three o'clock. Yeah, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. How crazy is it to see a dormant Disneyland California adventure? It was weird. Right. Well, and to have it closed off like to the Mickey and Friends parking structure, like it was just sad. And also California, um, the Grand Californian, you know, to have it closed and to have, yeah. you know, the uh, the they had things uh, blockade in front of the Grand Californian. There's just nothing. Yeah. It broke yeah. my heart. But at the same time, it was uplifting to see, OK, it's still there. What's in yeah. my imagination? It's still there. It's going to be up and running again someday. And yeah. uh, I'm glad that I drove around it and saw it. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so let's, one more thing I was going to say, yeah, I think it's 
I either first or second as far as soundtracks. I mean, the Haunted Mansion soundtrack, the whole thing, Haunted Mansion's probably got the best soundtrack, but this is second as far as that that feeling that you get. Because when you hear that Haunted Mansion song, you can go through the ride. Same with this. You hear that music and you're on the ride immediately. Sometimes I play it in my car. Uh, I'm being, if I'm being totally honest, on long drives, yeah. I have a, yeah. I have all of the uh, the sounds of Disneyland downloaded, and yeah. uh, so sometimes I'll just sit and I'll listen to it, and it's it's an amazing attraction. Uh, before we get into the regular single rider line, do you prefer uh, the regular attraction or hyperspace? Or you haven't been on hyperspace? Do you prefer the regular or Ghost Galaxy? Regular for sure, all yeah, every day. Even though yeah. hyperspace is so great. The regular is the ride of my youth, and yeah. I love it. Uh, love that attraction. Okay, so here we go. Single rider line questions. You can go first. I'll go second. Is it in your top 10 attractions at Disneyland Resort? Yeah, I already told you. I think it's my number one ride at Disneyland yeah. Resort. It's yeah, it's, it's not in my top five, but it is in my top 10. So it's not like right at the very top. Uh, but you know, it's not to take away from it. It's, it's an amazing ride and it would, it's a, it's definitely my top 10. How long would you wait to ride this? Uh, that's the hard part. I think 45 minutes tops. I, I have exactly the same 45 minutes, you know, but there are very few rides. I'll wait 45 minutes, but I will on this one. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite part or your favorite thing about the attraction? Uh, I tell you that anticipation, that climb when the music goes, Oh, this is, this me every time. Like I, I really, I, I think it really is that soundtrack and that tunnel leading up to the top. I don't know yeah. why. But I love that part of it. I get it. I totally get it. My, my favorite thing or my favorite part is when you first walk into the main room, there's something uh, about that. You turn that corner and all yeah. of a sudden there's the big spaceship and you hear all the noises and it takes me back to being, you know, eight years old and just being blown yeah. away by how incredible the whole thing is. Uh, What's the worst part or your least favorite thing about the attraction? Hmm. Is there one? It's probably got to be waiting in line, but I haven't waited outside as long as you have. I I think the worst part is we'll say it's just not long enough. Yeah. I could go for a minute. Uh, Yeah, sure. For me, it's just cramming my fat self (laughs) into that little tiny car. Fat guy in a little car. It's, yeah, that's the worst part about the attraction is just how uncomfortable. And it's really my height. My knees are just, I, I when I pull that bar down on my legs, it's it's really tight. Other than that, you know. Have you ever been escorted yeah. off the ride during a breakdown? Yeah, there was this time where I lifted my hands way too high. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> never. <laughs> Except for the one time I got decapitated. I have never been escorted <laughs> Um, we got to head back on yeah i never have either so uh is there a best time of day to ride it and why you know i was thinking about this and i've never ridden it at the beginning of the day and i think i should now but i do like at nighttime i do like it i it's usually one of my last rides if i can Mm. fit it in at the very end and because i can rewrite it if i can rewrite it at the end of the night then i'm all about it yeah uh, I'm, I, this is one that we hit early in the morning quite often so that we don't blow fast passes on it because it stacks up so mm-hmm. fast. Unless you get a fast pass for it first thing, 
you're likely to you, to waste two hours worth of fast pass time. So I do mm-hmm. like, you know, our general MO in the parks is to get a fast pass right away for like Indiana Jones or something. But we go, we run to Peter Pan and then we run from there over to Space Mountain and then we run over to uh, Matterhorn. And I can okay. run, man. I, I'm a large man who barrels through uh, Disneyland. So I, I love it. Uh, if you own Disneyland, <laughs> what, uh, what one thing would you cho- change if you own Disneyland? Okay. About well, this attraction. Uh, you said one thing. I really want to do a couple things. But I thought what would be fun is to choose your own adventure. Everybody gets into it. Mm. Just like Horizons, y'all press a button and you choose <laughs> you choose your overlay or your destination. That's cool. That's so, a cool idea. So you have different destinations, and then with that, the projection changes at the top. So it may be a very subtle thing, but if it was like a huge thing, then the whole entire experience, yeah. music would change, overlays would change, and the lights would change. I think that but, would be a really cool thing. I just have to give you props for for the Horizons reference, man. That's awesome. So just so you know, Horizons was my favorite ride as a child at Epcot. It okay, was my so favorite. so I loved Horizons. I still uh, I still love Horizons. Uh, I mean, well, it's gone now, but I mean in my head. But yes. uh, if you want to see a great video, uh, you mm-hmm. go to YouTube. There is a video about two guys who snuck around Horizons. Didn't I tell you about this video? No, I don't think so. I watched it like a year ago. I watched it about six months ago. It is the greatest video. It's like the adventures of, I forget their nickname. Hoot was one of the guys named. Yeah, Hoot. That's so great that you've seen it as well. It's such a good story. Oh, phenomenal. And then just their friendship and their brotherhood and... But, and but, how it ends. It's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker. You're crying at the end. Yeah, we won't spoil it, but go check it out on YouTube. And I will I will just say the footage they have from there, I I am so in awe of those guys. Yeah. So that's that's super cool. All right. Final single rider question. Uh oh no, for me, if I own Disneyland, yeah, what, what one would thing do? would I change? I'd make it a bigger car. That's all there yeah. is to it. As long as you don't make it a sled, just more more legroom. Just more legroom. Like, for example, in uh, in Big Thunder. Big Thunder's great. In fact, for me, even uh, Matterhorn is great. This is the yeah. only this, this is the only attraction where it just feels tight to me. But yeah. All right. Yeah. And finally, describe the attraction in one word. Thrilling. We tie on this one. I was gonna say thrill. Thrill, thrill was my uh-huh. word. It's it's a okay. it's the ultimate thrill ride. It's thrilling, right? It's just that. Yes. Do you know that my heart is like pumping right now? Just thinking about it. I'm so excited. Rob, when it opens up again, we are definitely going to have to do a road trip. Uh, We we have what what I like to call a mouse and bull run and a mouse Mm -hmm. and bull run. You, you, you you slam a red bull, you get in the car on like a, a Friday, right after work, you drive down, you spend Saturday at the park, maybe go for a few hours Sunday and we drive Rob and I live, uh, you know, about nine hours away from, from Disneyland, something like that. So, so you know what I do? Hmm. I take the, what is it, maybe an hour and a half or two hour flight to Long Beach. Yeah. You rent a car and, or you get an Uber and you go straight there. That's yep. what we do. 
We do that quite a bit too. In fact, as the older I get, the more I do that flight. Right now, Delta has canceled all their flights into Long Beach, which is lousy. Long Beach is my oh. favorite airport in the country. I've flown in there probably it's 200 so times. I've flown into oh, Long Beach is. so many times in my life. I, I literally fly there about eight times a year, nine times a year into Long Beach. Love it. So. One of the most underrated airport out there. It's amazing. Yeah. And Rob and I both have uh, both have a lot of experience with Delta and a lot of Sky Miles built up. So yeah, we exactly. can we can we we once it's all open, we need to cash them in and and head there. Hey Rob, before we jump off, this has been amazing. Tell people where they can find you because you do so. Just as a reminder, if you go back and listen to our Jungle Cruise episode, but Rob is a speaker, he is a game show host, he is a DJ, he's all kinds of cool stuff. And and tell us how tell tell the listeners how they can find you. Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Rob Frey, R-O-B-F-E-R-R-E, and same at robfrey.com. So find me there. Rob's got the, the coolest life. And also, and I mean this, you are the sharpest <laughs> dresser of anyone I know. Oh, you, here I, I am <laughs> in my old Beater's Laker t-shirt. And even for this recording, you're wearing a really cool button-up shirt. And you always just look nice. Shirt. I had to wear it. It's a brand new shirt. So I love it. It's a it's a great shirt. So go check out Rob there. And then what did we miss about this attraction? What do you love about Space Mountain? Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram and be sure to chime in, be a part of the conversation. And hey, if you enjoy the Castle Collective, we're really starting to grow a nice audience, which is great. We would love your reviews. Nothing helps us uh, more than reviews, not just a rating, but an actual review helps us to uh, to be found and also let us know on our social media what uh, topics you would like to see coming up. Well, Rob, this has been awesome. Great to connect with you, my friend. It's great to see you. Thank you. And thank you for saving the Space Mountain for me. I appreciate it. Of course. We have one more that is saved for Rob as well. Uh, but we'll, yes. we'll we'll definitely record before that one because that one's going to be around Christmas time. That's a hint as to what it's going to be. But uh, it's going to be awesome. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, Again, if you could uh, rate and review, we would appreciate it and follow us on social media. And uh, so until next time, that's that's about all we got. We'll see you next time on the, the Castle Collective. Thank you.